Welcome to this fourth 2022 preseason edition of Bruce Monin's Computer Points Podcast. We're almost going to have more preseason episodes than regular ones at this point. Well, you'll be relieved to know this is the last preseason episode. You're not the only one who said, when do you get done with these stupid preseason episodes and get to some real computer points? And the answer to that is approximately one and a half weeks from today. Mark it on your calendars. That's a little bit dependent on the football season. We can't just start going ham with computer points before there's anything to score. Maybe someday. (laughs) As you have heard, we also have our co-host, executive producer and chief researcher, Rebecca Monin, recording from the Deer Park area of greater Cincinnati. Happy to be here as always and hoping my internet doesn't cut out halfway through. Likes to play with me. I'm not sure you introduced yourself there. I may not have. I am Bruce Monin, your host, of course. The eponymous <laughs> Bruce Monin. Me. They tune in for Rebecca Monin, the executive producer. We have heard that from two whole people, so. It must be true. Must be true. So it's time for us to get back to our preview of the 2022 football season. Now that our personal July activities have wrapped up. First, of course, you know, I get wrapped up in the Tour de France. A glorious victory by Danish writer Jonas Vingago. Fingigo. Fingigo. Used his team brilliantly to take out defending champion Tade Pojakar. Most people don't realize that to get that individual guy across the finish line, it is quite the team effort in cycling. You got to bring them all for some reason. I just saw a video of the welcome home to Denmark for the Tour de France champion. It looked kind of like Times Square on New Year's Eve. I think everyone in Denmark was in that big square in in Copenhagen. That's fun. Didn't it start in Denmark too this year? Yes, it did. Good year for the Denmark. Phil Liggett said it was one of the better tours in years, but then again, he says that every year. So He sure does. And a Dutch lady who then won the women's version of the Tour de France, which happened just afterwards. Annemiek... ah, Drawing a blank on her last name. I have two screens to better do my executive producer job. Annemiek Van Vluten. Van Vluten. Van Vluten, yes. The heavy favorite going in. She was sick early on, lost almost two minutes over the first six stages. Then they hit the two mountain stages and she just crushed everyone, as expected. Congratulations to Dutch writer Annemiek Van Vluten. It's nice to see the women's Tour de France make a comeback. Now I have an extra week of watching bike racing. There you go. Yeah. After that, of course, I was off to represent West Central Ohio at the World Board Gaming Championships. Took the goose egg this year, Rebecca. The big old goose egg. Yep. Your teammates couldn't drag you across the team victory line this time, huh? No, the team's not going to win either. It's uh, just absolutely nothing. The game say nothing. The game I was world champion at defending my title, I only finished fourth. It's called War at Sea. Each game's about two hours long. I got through the five preliminary rounds, qualified for the top eight for the 11th straight convention in a row. So that's kind of nice. Won the first semifinal game, or won the quarterfinal game, I should say, tied in my semifinal. And it turned Mm. out I was playing the wrong side. The other side advanced on a tie. I was just that that much short. (laughs) But one thing is, during one of the rounds, the game I lost... I played it fast enough that while we were waiting for the next round to start, I won the semifinal of another event and then went on to finish second in that one. So a second and a fourth this year. Not too bad. Not too shabby. 
So by the time I got back from that, suddenly Rebecca was busy attending the Gen Con convention. What'd you do there, Rebecca? Board gaming of a different kind. I play tested. Well, I didn't play test. It's already produced. This wonderful game based off the Great British Bake Off, where you build your bakes using little, little cards that have different ingredients on them. And it's a speed racing game. So you throw them down faster than everyone else. And you got to make sure you don't have a soggy bottom or else you'll lose a lot of points. It's very good. Well, both make sense. I seem to recall watching the Great British Baking Show that they give them like all cooking shows, less time than they really need to do the proper job. Most of them seem to be able to do a good job in the time allotted. It's not like your American TV shows where they're intentionally short on time. Seems doable. There's not a lot of room for forgiveness, but it's doable. I also picked up an excellent game called Kites, which is just flipping a bunch of sand timers and hoping they don't run out. And it gets chaotic and crazy very quickly. Great party game. Much less strategy than War at Sea. <laughs> it takes about five minutes to play. Ooh. It's great. Yeah, I left out one detail. I, when I go to my convention, I stay in a ski chalet with 20-some other people with a cooler full of beverages and a bar with 50 bottles of other beverages that we invite people to come and enjoy with us. So I often and don't get to bed till 4 a.m. It's not like this is a family-friendly podcast. I think you can say alcohol if you really want to. You think so? Okay. Yeah, probably. But before my big tournament, since you know that was serious and all, I went to bed at 2.30 that night. Gotta, oh, good. Got up early, knew I might have time, trouble finding time to eat, so I went to the breakfast buffet, fueled up properly, two plates of bacon and a donut. <laughs> breakfast of champions. <laughs> two plates of bacon. Oh my goodness. My convention was much shorter and much more geared to buying things and not tournaments. So we had more time to just wander around. I usually was in bed by 10 and had a nice relaxed breakfast of bagels most days. <laughs> All right. Well, that's enough of our personal lives. Time to get back to football, don't you? If think? you want, I could curse Indiana traffic and Indianapolis construction. Oh, I, I'm all in favor of that. Go for it. <laughs> <laughs> They shut down the major highways to do repairs in the center of Indianapolis. But, like, I think they've been shut down forever. And, like, all cities do this. And Cincinnati's got its highway shut down, too. But it's not like we shut down the whole road. It's like a lane at a time. Indianapolis is like, nah, you can find detours. I'm sure you'll make it. We'll just close the whole thing down. It'll be fine. <sighs> also, point, who schedules... Gen Con, the biggest convention in the Indianapolis Convention Center, next to a baseball game, next to a live concert of a not small band, on the same weekend, sharing the same parking lot? Who, I, whoever organized the Indianapolis Entertainment District needs a better, the entire city needs a better civil engineer to organize that stuff. It did not work out well. The worst we had is they scheduled a rib fest the second weekend of my board game convention, which none of us there minded one bit. So Yeah, that seems like a good... <laughs> at, at the skiing resort? Yes. All right, cool. There was a little bit of a mix-up, and so then they finally decided it was too much of a trouble to keep us out because <laughs> it cost like $10 to get into the rib fest. <laughs> and finally they said, oh, all you board gamers, you can just go in for free. Lots of ribs and barbecue and... Oh, hush puppies and cornbread for 
Oh, those of us who'd had the same food for the last eight days before that. We decided we should probably spend our money on board games and not overpriced food. So we went out to a grocery store the first day and got supplies for PB&Js and just had that for lunch the rest of the days. So practical. (laughs) Anyway, football. Football. This podcast will be previewing Division 6, 7, and the 8-man football division. That works out conveniently. Yes. Again, I'm going to be putting teams in each region that we follow into three categories. Our likely playoff teams, those that are predicted to have double the computer points necessary to qualify for the postseason. Possible playoff teams, those that have, oh, predicted to get at least 50% of the playoff of the points needed to make the playoffs and the unlikely playoff teams. And we all know who they are, right? <laughs> if, if you've, if you've gone 0 and 10 and one and nine, the last several years, you're probably an unlikely playoff. Yeah. It takes a few years to dig out of those holes sometimes. Sure does. For those who may have missed last week's episode, if you want to figure out the, if you want to hear about the placements and the likely previews for divisions one through five, Listen to the previous episode. We covered them there. Yes, we did. Although not really Division One, We don't care about them. No, we don't care. <laughs> They've got enough fans. Yeah, we don't care about them. <laughs> That's big city stuff. You know, we don't care about that. Division <laughs> 6. Let's start with Region 22, Rebecca. Let's. That would be the Northwest area of the state. 27 teams in that region. I'm projecting five wins will be needed to make the playoffs. It's about uh, half the games. It seems doable. Yep. Pretty stable region here. We have Patrick Henry moving up from Division 7 to Division 6. Other than that, those are all former Division 6 teams. The most likely playoff team in that region looks to be Columbus Grove. But we have a batch of possible playoff teams we're following. Patrick Henry, Sherwood Fairview, Van Buren, Wayne Trace, and Mount Blanchard Riverdale. Hmm. Unfortunately, it looks like it might be a tough year for Hicksville, Evergreen, and Paulding. It's a darn shame. Yep. Over to Region 23, where we follow one team in the region. I've tried to get rid of them, but they fall squarely within the other teams we covered. You tried to get rid of them? Just can't can't do it. (laughs) (laughs) That would be... (laughs) That would be West Jefferson. They are one of 26 teams in that region. I think they will need four to five wins to make the playoffs, and West Jefferson is likely to be in the postseason, so we'll be following them for a long time. I have to ask how you tried to get rid of them. You can always adjust the borderlines of our coverage area. Ah, gerrymandering. Yes, I just couldn't do it, though. It would have taken congressional-level gerrymandering to get rid of them. so. So just to clarify for the audience, do you want to get rid of them for any personal reason or just because they're the only team we follow in that region? It'd be easier not to do another region. Number two there. Yes. Okay, good. I have nothing against West Jeff. <laughs> Try to get rid of them. All right. By the way, on this podcast, we often mention you can send us questions on our Twitter account. For those of you who are on Twitter, I would like to suggest someone for you to follow. Search for Ohio Fantastic 50. And if you know your Twitter stuff, his handle is at O-H-I-O-F-50. That's our old friend, Drew Pasteur, who we interviewed about two years ago. 
He's back to tracking Ohio high school football this year. And to prepare, he has entered the last 20 years of Ohio high school football games into his computer to refine his predictions. And then he tweets about some of it. Now, he does use a lot of terms that are a little tough, like mean absolute error, matrix algebra, ELO method, and Markov chain model. But he has also come up with some observations that are a little more accessible to most of us and somewhat interesting, in my opinion. And just to give you some examples here of what has shown up on his Twitter, he has found that in Ohio, the home field advantage is approximately two points. Playing at home, you're ahead two to nothing before the game starts. However, he noticed that in games that finish within one score, seven points or less, the home team only wins 51% of those games. Hmm. Whereas in games where teams win by 50 or more points, the mega blowouts, the home team wins over 60% of those. So apparently you're more likely to blow a team out in front of the home fans than when you're on the road. You might feel a little bad about it if you're in someone else's stadium. Yeah. And in what seems like one of the more obvious stats he found, the most common margins of victories in games are multiples of seven. Mm-hmm. Although when a game gets more lopsided, the number of multiples of seven minus one comes up a lot more often. So the more times you score, the more likely you are to miss an extra point, I guess. But anyway, I encourage you to follow the Ohio Fantastic 50 on Twitter and go to his website. He has an unbelievable job of predicting future playoff scores and tell you what the odds are of your team making the playoffs and all that kind of stuff. Is this our corporate sponsorship for the episode? This is a freebie. (laughs) Yeah, I should hit him up on that, except I don't think he makes any money off of it. (laughs) He's employed by the College of Wooster. Maybe we can get something out of them. I don't know if they'll have much extra money floating around either. Not from what he says, no. (laughs) All right, back to Division 6, Region 24. That would be the southwest corner of the state. 25 teams there. I project it'll only take four wins to make the playoffs in this region. Here, Versailles is dropping down from Division 5 to a smaller division, but Marion Local, Tri-Village, and Twin Valley South have all moved up from Division 7. Oh, this seems like a tough one. Yeah, we have two state champions in this region. I guess that would be why you only need four wins. They're going to be harder to come by. I guess. The funny thing is, the two two state champions, neither of them are from Division 6. It's from two different divisions moved in. (laughs) That's going to be brutal. All right. All right, let's start. Likely playoff teams. I I project Marion Local, Tri-Village, Allen East, Versailles, and Arcanum to all make the playoffs. I hear they have quite the rebuilding job at Versailles. Lost a lot of players, but... You know, when you win a state championship, the they seem to come back motivated the next year. You know? Yeah, I don't think the recruitment's going to be a problem. Possible playoff teams. We're looking at Anna, National Trail, Twin Valley South, and Covington. Although word has it out of Covington that most of their junior and senior class has not come out for football this year. Huh. They may be having a very down year. Interesting. Yes. Not sure why. Unlikely playoff teams. New Lebanon, Dixie, and Parkway, who Parkway, unfortunately, always suffers from having to play all those MAC teams all season long. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This region seems pretty top-heavy in the teams that we follow. 
Yes, and to be honest, statewide, the entire Division Six seems pretty top-heavy, too, more so than five or seven. Yeah, I can see that. By the way, a quick trivia note here. We do like trivia. The the 10th year since Division Seven was created. Okay. Marion Local has been in Division Seven for five years, and this will be their fifth year in Division Six, so half the time in each division. One of their neighboring rivals... Here at our home base in Minster has also been in both divisions for five years. However, Marion Local and Minster in those 10 years have never been in the same division. It's almost like one year all the boys get born in one town and all the girls get born in the other. I don't I don't. (laughs) Or there's some light gerrymandering happening in the regional distribution of divisions up there. You know, I was on a bike ride today. And a gentleman writing beside me said, you know, I wonder if the state doesn't just look at the line and says, hmm, Marion Local, let's put the line for Division 6 one person below wherever Marion Local is. (laughs) And while I won't deny that that is possible, that there is some consideration for that, I don't know that for sure. And I would actually kind of doubt it. But it is just a weird coincidence. Just a weird coincidence. Seems like it's weird enough. Because I believe Marion Local is only one person over the line this year from being a Division Seven school. Oh my goodness! All right. What happens if enrollment changes halfway through the season? Doesn't matter. Okay. The divisions are set for two years. Oh, are they? Yep, they recalculate every two years. So, how how do we have a, a five year split then? If the recalculation, oh, is this just the first year of the two-year batch? Well, there so was a, odds, or? They, took a neck, they took a year off for COVID and didn't bother to recalculate one year. Oh, okay. So things are a little, little bit off. Good to know. Oh, by so the way, this, this gentleman on my bike ride informed me that Coach Goodwin at Marion Local told them that the mm-hmm. one person they were over has since transferred back out of the school. And so if he hadn't put in the paperwork to be coming in first, they would have been Division 7 this year. So (laughs) we'll see. Oh, boy. Rumors from the bike trail. Now that's a good podcast name. Yeah, we should go with that someday. Rumors from the bike trail. Not applicable to this one. Catchy. Soon with that fun fact, we're moving down to Division 7. Absolutely. We'll start with Region 26 up in the Northwest. This region is loaded with 30 teams. I show it's going to take five to six wins to get in the playoffs in this division. Ouch. In this region, I should say. Delphus Jefferson is dropping down from Division 6. The most likely playoff teams, Lima Central Catholic, Macomb, Lipsick, and Lima Perry. Possible playoff teams that we cover, and we've got a bunch of them. Upper Soto Valley. Waynesfield Goshen, Arlington, Defiance Ayersville, Hardin Northern, Antwerp, Convoy Crestview, Pandora Gilboa, Arcadia, and Delphus Jefferson. So that means everyone else in that region must be unlikely to make the playoffs, huh? Must be. Everyone we follow, at least. I'm sure there's some in there we don't follow, although the numbers are pretty high already. (laughs) I have down as unlikely playoff teams Edgerton. Delphi St. John's, Ada, North Baltimore, Ridgemont, Van Lu, and Corey Rawson. So we're following a lot of teams in that region. So expect a lot of details from Region 26 as the year goes along. And if you're 
for some reason not interested in region 26 be prepared to click the skip forward 30 seconds button whenever we start talking about them because it's going to be a while oh yes that is true (laughs) but every bit of information we say is entertaining and useful so you must listen to the whole podcast and on that note (laughs) notice there are 30 teams in this region region 25 in division 7 has 31 teams but region 27 only has 23 teams. Now the state used to take a lot of care to keep about the same number of teams in every region, but it seems like since they went to 16 playoff teams, they just don't care so much anymore. Okay. That's the best I can figure for why there's such a big difference in the regions. I guess. All right. Moving down to region 28, Southwest Ohio, 25 teams in this region. Uh, By the way, That was originally 25 teams. Two teams in the region, Fayetteville and Bradford, have already dropped their entire schedule for the season, so we are now down to 23. Not enough players? Uh, Fayetteville, I have no idea. They've had 25, 30 players in recent years and made the playoffs, but I'm guessing for some reason there's not. Bradford, last I heard, had 12 players out. Yeah, that's, that's too tight. I heard they were hoping some kids coming back from vacation would go off of the team, but that sort of hope never really pans out real well. So Fort Recovery, Mechanicsburg, and Minster all come down from Division 6 to play in Division 7 in this region. Our likely playoff teams include Mechanicsburg, who I actually have projected to score almost double the points of everyone else in the region. Yeah, I believe that. They do pretty well. But also DeGraff Riverside, Fort Laramie, New Bremen, St. Henry, Ansonia, Troy Christian, Tri-County North, and Fort Recovery. Although I've also heard rumors of uh, some defections from the Fort Recovery football team. We'll see when the rosters come out if that is true or not. This also seems like a brutal region. Yeah, in many ways. I've seen predictions on who's going to win the state, and most people just throw up their hands and say they don't know if anyone in Division 7 is good enough to win state. Uh, (laughs) What what now? Nobody's good enough to win state in the whole division? Well, when they compare them to like a Marion local or whatever that was in Division 7 last year, everyone kind of looks and says, everyone's good, but no one's looks great in the preseason. I think Mechanicsburg's in a slumber. People like like New Bremen for a state championship. They have a very good quarterback there. I could see that. They've done pretty well in the past, recently. Yeah, St. Henry also had a very good quarterback coming back for his third year, but the word is he's a big-time baseball player, and he's going to not play football to avoid getting injured and to concentrate on his baseball career. So tough blow to St. Henry. Rumor has it there might be a freshman playing quarterback instead. So. I was given similar advice to not play volleyball anymore when I sprained my ankle and couldn't ice skate. Because <laughs> that wasn't that was recently. Yes. That wasn't that wasn't the uh, epic that town dependent high school sports. And you weren't hoping to save that potential million dollar baseball contract. I sure wasn't. <laughs> Possible playoff teams. We have Cedarville, South Charleston, Southeastern, and Thanks to Fayetteville dropping their program, Minster and Miss Cinnamon Valley suddenly look better for making the playoffs. Oh, we've got a chance. There's always a chance. There's always a chance. chance. Might be a little rough to climb that hill after last year, though. I had 
two teams down as unlikely playoff teams. One of them was Bradford. And since they're not playing any games anymore, they're very unlikely to make the playoffs. <laughs> that one we think we can lock in. Yeah. Yes. The other one was Sydney Lehman. But like I said, the way that we're down to 23 teams, it's not going to take that much to get into playoffs in this region. So you only have That's to move a up point. a couple of wins this year and you're in. Got a seven team relegation zone, you might say. And that leaves us to our personal little thing we like to follow eight man football we'll get them in division eight yet we're working on it we need more teams yet thought maybe bradford would go to eight man football instead of just canceling but nope there are six teams playing eight man football this year there is a northern eight conference that consists of five of these six eight man teams new london did not join they hope they can go back to 11 man football next year we shall see but also, so they invited a school from Indiana, the Kings Crusaders team, hmm. to join the conference. Now, this is a club team. It doesn't represent a school. Normally, we don't count them in the computer points, but I was actually asked to include games against them. I don't know if that means they'll be using these computer points for figuring, figuring out their, their conference playoffs. But when they get to the end of the season, teams five and six, in the conference, the bottom two teams, they will play a 10th game at the end of the year. Teams number one and four will play a playoff game. And teams two and three will play a playoff game. And the winners will then play for the league title afterwards in their own mini playoff. And I'm just guessing that whoever comes out on top in the old uh, league playoff there just may be crowned the Bruce Monin's computer points state champion for eight-man football. We'll dig up the old Etsy link again and get another trophy sent out. So in the eight-man football, I have as my likely teams to make that four-team playoff would be Toledo Christian, Lakeside Danbury, and Sandusky St. Mary's. Holgate and Stryker slot in as possible teams. That New London team, I had them projected to probably score the least computer points of all six anyway, so I guess it doesn't matter that they're not in the conference much. And the Kings Crusaders team, that's a big unknown from Indiana. They went two and three last year. Who knows how that's going to work out? Two and three in their own season or playing against Ohio teams? In their own season. Okay. So hard to tell. We don't know who they played. Or at I, least we don't know anything about the teams they played. Yeah, that's true. I am curious, though. Who who asked you to include them? Was it like a an athletic director of one of it these was, teams? Or? It was one of the athletic directors who I sent a note to and he told me about what the uh, playoff schedule was going to be. And I said, I was thinking of, I never include a club team, but I was thinking about it for, because it would make sense in this case. And he said, oh, please do. So cool. Okay. Who knows what their tiebreakers are. If they, some of those teams play each other twice, if they had the same record and split the regular season, who knows what their tiebreaker is. But I doubt it's our computer points, but. That would be fun if it was. Sure would be. All right, Rebecca, I think that pretty much wraps up our previews. One week and a half from today, we start doing actual computer points. Hey, there we go. Final scrimmages happen this weekend. I got to see if I still know how to do stats or not. Heading to Wapakoneta for a big scrimmage Friday night. You fired up your stats laptop yet? Do you know if the program still works? Yes, I did. The program still works. However, my stats printer, I couldn't get any of the ink to work. It all dried up. There's an order out to Amazon supposed to arrive on Friday. Cutting it tight. All yeah. right. <laughs> I got to learn not to order ahead because I don't use much other than during football season. 
And starting next week, the excitement of Ohio high school football is back. And so will this podcast be back every week. Oh, yeah. I do enjoy talking to you weekly, but it just reminded me that everything starts in the next couple weeks. and I won't have any free time anymore. That tends to happen in the fall sometimes. It does. It sure does. We still have about three weeks until college football starts, until we can start following our Cincinnati Bearcats again. So once again, no comments or questions received electronically this week. I only get them on bike rides, apparently. (laughs) It is easier to think of things and ask when you see their face regularly. Less intimidating than an anonymous email box that will not be anonymous unless you specifically request it. (laughs) We can do anonymous questions. Despite dad's editing skills, he does sometimes leave things private. Not often, but occasionally. Sometimes. By the way, for those of you who care, for the first time, I did this podcast without the use of a stack of paper. We're going green here at Bruce Bonin's Computer Points. (laughs) We'll see if that lasts into one week of the season when I have to keep track of all those numbers. Mm -hmm. But for now... I got a big screen and it's on the one half of the screen. Rebecca's on the other half. It's (laughs) quite nice there. So we're seeing we can cut down a few less trees this year. Yes. Always a good plan. Meanwhile, I have not a printer in sight, so I would be a little bit doomed if I needed to print anything. I actually have four. So (laughs) if you would like one. (laughs) I don't need to print anything. (laughs) All right. That's why I don't have one. If I'm desperate, I'll go to Alex's or print something off at work. Anyway, if you have questions or comments for us that you don't want to deliver in person for some reason, or if you can't catch dad on a bike ride, they can be sent to bdmonin at nktelco.net or submitted on Twitter to at Bruce Monin. We'll be happy to hear from you. And I would like to put in, even though I usually send out a link to this podcast over on Twitter and other social media outlets when I feel like it. I would appreciate if you would subscribe to this podcast if you enjoy it. It is available on Apple iTunes Store or the iHeartRadio iHeart Radio podcast. Just search for Bruce Monin's Computer Points. It's the only thing that comes up when you search for it. <laughs> Conveniently, Monin is not a very common name, surprisingly. Yeah. Despite our, our grandparents' best efforts. In the West Central Ohio area. Please tune in again after week one, and we will be starting another season of Bruce Monin's Computer Points. Thanks for listening, everyone.